thought it'd be funny. Okay. <laughs> good morning, friends. Good to see you. Good to be uh, here with you all today. I, I realized it was about five years ago um, that I was having dinner with some friends, and I, was, I had just moved here, and I was looking for a uh, church to call home, and they kind of randomly said, yeah, you should try Solid Rock. And... Um, yeah, I've, I've never left, so I just want to say I'm so grateful to be a part of this body, and uh, welcome. If, you, it's your, if it's your first time visiting with us here today, we welcome you as our guest, and uh, if this is home, it's good to be family here. I'm grateful, grateful to be part of the Solid Rock family. I have been uh, reflecting on, I've been reading through the passages in the daily lectionary that are identified for today, as, I've, as I knew I'd be speaking here this morning uh, just kind of reflecting on all the passages and ask, asking God, God, do you have a message in your word that is already laid out? Christians around the world are reading these passages today. And uh, over the course of the last few weeks, as I've just kind of every once in a while gone back to it, I started to see a little bit of a theme or a thread that went through a few of the passages that we're going to spend some time on. And um, so I want to take a look at a few of those this morning. We're not going to read all the, the fullness of all the passages but I think you'll see where we're going uh, over the course of today. Um, as we look into the, the passages that were laid out, the first one is in Isaiah 43, 1, and it says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. The next one in, in the reading, the, the list of reading is Psalm 29. And I, again, I won't read it all, but there, it's something so interesting. When you jump in and, and start at verse 3, it says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is, is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. If you jump down to verse 7, The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. And then as we look at the passage in Luke that uh, Lucas read, verse 21 says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. As I read through those passages, I kept coming back to seeing and hearing something that I, I think maybe the Lord wants us to pay attention to today. Maybe it was just the Lord was trying to get my attention. And I hope today's message is an encouragement or a reminder for us. But I, I, I felt like I, I just kept coming back to this is what the Lord says, is, is what it says in Isaiah. This is what the Lord says. When I read that part, it was almost like, okay, well, this is what the Lord says. And then you kind of lean in as if this is what the jury says. This is what the doctor says. I know uh, our office is particularly leaning in to listen to what the Supreme Court will say about uh, the mandate that is um, before vaccine, vaccination or, or testing. I think most of my office is leaning in to say, this is what the Supreme Court will say. This is what the Lord says. It says there, the voice, 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 seven times in the Psalm 29 passage. And again, a voice came from heaven. And so a, a question I've been reflecting on for the last um, several days and throughout my, my study of this is, what is my relationship with the voice of God? What is our relationship? What is your relationship with the voice of God? And what is our relationship with the God who wants to talk to us? 
uh, quite frankly, a God who just is communicative. And, and I thought this might be a good time of the year to reflect on this, not in a New Year's resolution-y kind of way, but in a way, at least I know for me, uh, a lot of times uh, the turning of the calendar page causes me to reflect back over my time for the past year, over things that maybe the Lord has nudged me or shown me about myself or shown me about him. And I thought, man, this might be a good time to just consider what is our relationship with the voice of God. I know a lot of us in the room, uh, a lot of you are, are mature believers. You have walked faithfully with God. You have listened well for so many years. And maybe for some of you, because I don't know everybody in the room, maybe this is kind of a new, new idea. I, I don't come from a background where we were raised in church, so I had no theology for the voice of God when I first got into church, when the Lord first won me. I had no theology for the voice of God. I tell people a, a simple way that I would say that is I just didn't know God could talk. I mean, people would, I, I got into church, and people say, yeah, the Lord, Lord was the Lord was telling me the Lord spoke to me and I was like what do you mean the Lord spoke to you I mean, how does that happen and it was just so beyond my understanding so beyond my comprehension but when I talk about hearing from the Lord it's not like a, a constant text thread um, you know it's not like it's just every day constantly like moment by moment I hear this voice but I do see that in the scriptures and in my own experience yeah I do see that God is not only able but very willing to communicate with his people. God is not only able, we know that, but he is willing to communicate with his people. Author Gail Johnson says something, I don't have this on the screen, you'll just, just sit and, and listen. Gail Johnson um, said something in a book called All There. She said, we must begin with the assumption that it is God's nature to speak. Thus we see the compelling and repeated call of scripture to hear, to listen, we see throughout scripture that listening composes the central act of the people of God. The fact that God speaks finds its roots in the beginning of all things. In Genesis 1.1, God said, creation listened to God, the voice, and this set into motion the inaugural pattern of response to the voice that was heard. Therein lies a Hebraic understanding that God is perceived not by sight, but by the hearing of his voice. She goes on to quote another author saying, the fundamental stance of the person of faith is to listen. The fundamental stance of the person of faith is to listen. And, and we see that is so true as we look through scripture. I think it's something over 1,100 times in the Old Testament is the word to hear, which is, you know, when you think about, you know, hear, O Israel, hear, the Lord is one. And, and it's not just like, you know, like, oh, I hear it, but hear, listen, pay attention. And Jesus repeats this in, in, in the Gospels, and then we see it later on in the New Testament. You know, when Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And other times when he says, listen, you know, I don't know if your parents have ever done that. Listen, listen, hear me. I want to know that you're actually hearing me when I tell you to clean up your room. It's not just hearing, but it's an attentiveness. It's a responsiveness that God longs for from his people, that I think God deserves <laughs> from me. God deserves from us because of who he is. And so I ask myself the question, does God have my ear? Does God have my ear? Because I, I really do think that if he has my ear, he will also have my heart. And I think probably the other two go away, you know, vice versa as well. If he has my heart, he'll have my ear. You know, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, and he, you know, he said that the seed, you know, the, a lot of us remember this, the, the farmer goes out and, and scatters the seed, and sometimes it took, it, it, it got into good soil, and it, and it grew. Sometimes it grew really quickly, but then died out, and it's, it's like Jesus was describing these, the, the condition of the heart in four ways. There was the hardened heart, the shallow heart, the distracted heart, and the attentive heart. 
but it came down to hearing and then receiving. Being listening, not just I, not just I hear, but I'm attentive to God. So does God have my ear? And then I ask myself, if not, why? Am I, um, boy, am I just, am I just so busy and distracted? <laughs> you know, I don't know. That just seems. I, I, I feel like um, the holidays should be more restful. Anyone feel like that too? Uh, Adam Grant, the, the, he's an organizational psychologist, said something I, I read the other day. He said, he said we, we find ourselves kind of falling into the holidays, trying to restore and recover. He said holidays really should be a time to celebrate. He said it might be a problem if we're going to our holidays so exhausted that we can't celebrate. You know. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I could almost just have an altar call right there. I can just almost be like, oh, I see that hand. I'm just, you know, because I found myself kind of falling into my holidays rather than, um, rather than really being able to celebrate and, and appreciate as much. It took me a little bit to recover from the last several months of my, of my work schedule. But it's just so easy. If, if, if God doesn't have my ear, I know sometimes for me, then it is an issue of busyness, distraction. Uh, maybe I'm just too fatigued. The author, M. Craig Barnes, he was an author, pastor, I believe he was also the uh, president of, of Princeton Se Sem Seminary. Um, he said this, he said, I get out of step, or he said, if God is not creating our lives, then those around us are. And I know that when I get out of step with God, when I'm too busy to listen, it's so much easier for other people to create my life than to allow God to. You know, rather than just sit and say, God, what do you have for me today? My schedule gets filled with what everybody else has, you know. My schedule gets filled for all the needs and the urgency rather than maybe some of the important things that I feel like I've been able to sit with God and say, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have for us as a family? God, what do you have for me at work? What do you have for my spiritual life? I know sometimes when I get busy and distracted, that's what happens. I know sometimes there, there's been times when I've just been honestly too afraid to hear what God might say. You know, sometimes there have been seasons where I thought, well, you know, if, if God tells me to do this, I, I just don't know if I want to do it. Uh, or, or God, if God tells me this, it's going to come with a tone of voice. He's, he's going to sound disappointed. He's going to sound like, ah, you know, does, does, the, does the tone of God bring us life or does it cause us to want to shrink back? If he doesn't have my ear, I, I probably need to consider what's the tone of God's voice that I'm perceiving today? And maybe, am I too busy or too distracted? A lot of times at this time of year, I would look, I would go back and I'd take a, about 24 hours as a personal retreat. I don't always do it in January, but a lot of times I've done that. And as I said, I would, I would just kind of reflect back on the things that I had learned, the things I felt like God showed me about himself or showed me about myself over the year. And I, one of the things that consistently would happen as I would go back and review my journals is I would be amazed at the things that I felt like God had nudged me toward over the year that I had completely forgotten. You know, I mean, I, I would be something in my, you know, July or something. I, I wrote down something in my journal that I felt like God nudged me toward, and I would completely forget it by August, <laughs> you know? And then I think, well, man, how, <laughs> I mean, what is that? I forgot what God said or, or what, but I realized it's just so easy to kind of move on. And that, that time where I would get away for about 24 hours and, and just say, God, I just want to be reminded of the things that you've said. And I, I'm not an everyday journaler, but sometimes, maybe three times a week, I'd write something down or I'd put something in my phone. And those were the things that I would go back and reflect on. And I would be reminded of some of the things that God had spoken to me, that God had communicated to me. And I would think, man, God, you were more talkative than I remembered this year. 
you showed me more things about yourself than I would remember. And I know I've quoted my pastor from D.C., where I lived before I moved here, when he would always say, a lot of times we forget what we should remember, and we remember what we should forget. I want to make sure I, I remember the things that God has, has inclined in my heart. I want to remember the things he communicates with me. So one of the practices that I've done, I've, I've actually, I introduced this a few years ago. I'm not going to go over the entire thing again. But one of the things that has really helped me maintain that listening ear is that I'm still growing in, uh, where God could have my ear, is something called the daily examine from St. Ignatius. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola, uh, born in the 15th century, became um, a priest in the 16th century after a really beautiful and dramatic experience with Christ. And he's the one who started the Jesuit order or the Society of Jesus. Uh, if you know schools like Fordham, Georgetown, Boston College, those are all Jesuit schools. I worked at Georgetown for many years and so I had the great privilege of working with a lot of the Jesuits there and learned this practice that I found so life-giving for me. I wanna just touch on a couple parts of it. Um, because, I, again, I just thought this would be a good time, kind of a reset, uh, perhaps, for some of us. Or not, maybe not a reset as much as a paying attention to what we're listening to. Uh, St. Ignatius introduced something called the prayer of examine, which really is just a way re of reviewing our day in the presence of God. Uh, quite literally, it's a prayerful review of the past 24 hours. I, I'll do this. I, honestly, I don't do this every day. I'm working toward that. But a lot of days, I'll just sit and listen and just kind of prayerfully reflect on the last 24 hours. And the whole point of that is to recognize the voice and activity of God in our lives. God, where have you been in the last 24 hours of my life? I want to make sure I'm not missing you. God, where have you been and what are you doing? As I learn to reflect back and see God's presence in my life in the past 24 hours, it helps me pay more attention to him in the next 24 hours, you know? This helps me to cultivate a reflective practice that makes me sensitive to him. And, and it's a way to give God room to show uh, us ourselves, to show me myself. I love this. Uh, Teresa of Avila said this, she said, almost all problems in the spiritual life stem from a lack of self-knowledge. Whenever I hear that, I just want to say, too close, Teresa, too close. Come on now, get back off, you know? I, I love the, the author and researcher Brene Brown said that she and her sisters, if, if any of them says something to each other that's a little close to home, they'll look at each other and say, you don't know me, you know? And I want to say that to Teresa, you know, when I read this, all problems in the spiritual life stem from lack of self-knowledge. I'm saying, Teresa, you don't know me, you know? But as I read this, I think she does, you know? The examine allows me to see myself in God's presence. And so there's a larger framework, but I just want to look at two things today. And the first one is, is spending some time reflecting back specifically on the gifts, graces, benefits, or blessings of your last 24 hours. I'll sit down and quite literally think, just, just kind of, just again, reflectively, prayerfully, what were the blessings of yesterday? I, a lot of times I'll do this in the morning because a lot of people do this at night, but I, I, I'm just crashed at night. So in the morning I wake up and I just think, since the time I woke up yesterday, what are the blessings of my day yesterday? And friends, it is amazing how much I'll miss in a day if I don't pay attention. Little things, little gifts, little graces of the day. When I sit before God and say, God, just show me anything I need to see. And then I'll remember something that someone said to me at work that was such an encouragement. I think, you know what? That was so sweet. That was encouraging. I completely missed it because we were in the midst of a, of a meeting. I just kind of heard it and passed right on. But today, God, I want to thank you for that sweet moment of encouragement from someone who said that in the middle of that meeting. I'm encouraged today. Gratitude was so essential for Ignatius that he actually said that ingratitude 
He called ingratitude the source of all sin and evil. <laughs> that's kind of boom, there it is. And I remember thinking, do I, do I really buy that? You know, is that, okay, that's a big statement, Ignatius. Do I, you know, am I with you on that? And then I started thinking about the source of all sin. And I thought of this, you know, here God creates Adam and Eve and he sets them in the Garden of Eden. Eden literally meaning delight or pleasure. God creates these two, two humans, these two souls, sets them in the middle of a garden of delight and says, you can have that and 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 I made that for you and I made that for you and I made that for you. This one over here, don't do that one. But you can have everything else. And somehow everything else wasn't enough. Somehow it became an issue of, but you didn't give us that one. That's the one you didn't give us, so that's what we want. And it wasn't enough that they were handcrafted, literally formed by God. The hands of God created these two. It wasn't enough that they could just be the created beings of God. It became, but you're trying to keep us from being like you. Instead of gratitude for that one and that one and that one and that one, there was that, but we want this one. We didn't get this one. So maybe Ignatius was right. Maybe ingratitude was the source of sin and evil. When they had everything, when they literally lived in delight, when they lived in the garden of pleasure, they said, but we didn't get that one. And if I could be so bold to add to Ignatius's words, if, if ingratitude is the source of all sin, I might say that gratitude is the source of all virtue. It's really hard to love somebody well when you aren't grateful for them. It's really hard. Now, you could try it. I mean, you could love people in the Lord. I mean, we all probably have those people, right? I love them in the Lord, you know. It means I don't like them, but I love them in the Lord. I, I don't wish bad on them, but I don't really want to sit next to them at church, you know, or wherever, you know. I mean, I love them in the Lord. How about, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's really hard to re respect people if we can't find anything that we're grateful for. It's really hard to be patient if we're ungrateful. It's really hard to be content if we're ungrateful. It's really hard to be forgiving if we forget how much God has forgiven us of, if we lose the, the gratitude for, God, you have been so merciful to me. You have been so forgiving to me. It's really hard to be forgiving if we forget to be grateful for how much we've been forgiven. So I would submit that gratitude is the source of virtue. I, I love what Ignatius says. He says, we will sooner tire of receiving his gifts than he of giving them. We will sooner retire of receiving his gifts than he of giving them. And I am convinced that God speaks to us. The voice speaks by reminding us of his generosity toward us. So that's one. It's just, just sitting and reflecting on what, what are the blessings, what are the gifts and graces that the Father has given me in the last day. And the second is what I would call taking an account of my soul. And this is where I, I just, I'll ask God, where were those places where I maybe acted in a way that was contrary to your guidance, contrary to my conscience, contrary to your love. God, is there a way that I responded or in action or attitude in a way to miss the grace or love of God? And if so, I, I just find that God is so, uh, he's so faithful to reveal those things that we need to see for the health of our soul. I, I, I was praying through this yesterday and just ask the Lord, God, is there anything? You know, I just kind of sat, literally, I just sat pen in hand. I don't always do that. And uh, I said, God, is there anywhere I missed, I missed your love yesterday? Anywhere I missed? And the Lord reminded me of something, uh, a, a situation with someone I was particularly frustrated with in a work situation. And I just, the, the, 
The cleaned up way of saying what I had done was that I had uh, disrespected or dishonored the dignity of that person. As I thought about, that person is an image bearer of God. The, the real plain way of saying it is that I was critical and gossipy. <laughs> I can clean it up and say I, I did not honor well the dignity of that image bearer, but I was critical and gossipy is really what it came down to. And in that moment, I just said, wow, God, I'm, I, I'm not, it doesn't feel good that you showed me that. I don't like having to face that, but man, I'm so glad you showed that to me. And I was able to get that right because I just don't want the buildup on my heart. You know, I don't want the buildup next time I see that person I don't want the buildup of what I carried in. I want to keep my account short with God so I can keep my account short with people as well. I'm really grateful for those moments. And those are the, just two really simple ways. To, if you ever just think, man, is God talking to me? Those are two really simple things to do. I, I, I guarantee you, you're going to see how God speaks to you. Just so individually, so peaceably. He's so gentle with it. Encouraging to recognize how much how talkative he is to us. I'm going to circle back to our verses, and in just a few moments, we're going to, we're going to share in the Lord's table together. Um, if we go back to the three verses that we started with, how God speaks to us, um, I think how he even uses his word when he spoke to people specifically then, God still uses that to, to be a blessing, to, to speak to us, to communicate with us now. Um, back to Isaiah 43, it says, This is what the Lord says. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you, you are mine. Night before last, uh, well, a couple days ago, and it, some of it's a little bit related to what I was saying, but um, a couple days ago, something happened at work that was just, it was unfortunate, it was frustrating and inadvertent, and it's gonna end up costing us tens of thousands of dollars we didn't budget for. Uh, one of those things, it, it's a bummer, it's a bummer. Something, something that happened, I just, oh man. And it was someone's response to that happened. It, it, you know, you know when you don't budget for tens of thousands of dollars, it's not a, that's not a great day, you know. And night before last, about well, I was going to say about three in the morning, it was exactly 3:05 because I remember it because I woke up and looked at the clock and I was like, oh man. And I woke up just stressed about this thing. I was frustrated. I was stressed. I was. It, it's part of a conference that I'm co-leading in about a month, and I'm thinking, man, we didn't we didn't budget for for tens of thousands of dollars, and this thing that happened, this, this, is a, this is a kick. And I was stressed about it. And I, somehow I remember, a lot of you guys know uh, Pastor Jim Bradford, he, he pastors Central Assembly. Years ago, I heard Pastor Jim say something about what he learned early on in ministry. He said, um, there was something going on in their ministry, and he, and he finally came to the point, he said, God, this is your ministry. Um, there's a problem with your ministry. <laughs> you have a problem with your ministry. God, I don't know how you're going to fix this problem in your ministry. If there's something that you would like me to do to help you fix it, I'm open. But you've got a problem in your ministry. <laughs> and at about 305, 306, 307, whatever it was at the time, it was kind of that thing that I, I was, and I just said, I was like, God, I can't carry this tonight. I'm going to put this in your hands. Now, you, if, you wanna, if you want me to do something with this tomorrow, I'm open, but... At 3.07, I can't handle this right now, so I'm putting this in your hands. And remarkably, I went back to sleep pretty quickly, which was good, because I was not ready to sleep prior to praying that prayer. And it was like God was saying this to me out of Isaiah 53, or Isaiah 43, fear not. I got you. You're mine. Fear not. I just think some of you guys probably need to be reminded or encouraged today. Fear not. I've got you, you're mine.
the encouragement of the Lord. Psalm 29, the voice, the voice, the voice, seven times the voice. A reminder of the power of God's voice. I love it, whether it comes loud or, or soft, like the still small voice that, that Elijah heard, it is still a reminder that God's voice is stronger than the storms. And in this particular context, context, as I understand it, God was also trying to address, he was distinguishing himself from a, a false god that the Canaanites, I believe it was the Canaanites were worshiping. God was distinguishing himself from the, the, the false god, the small g god that others were worshiping. And, and it's such a good reminder for me that God still distinguishes himself from the lesser gods, the small g gods that try to capture our attention. From the things that try to, to capture our attention, maybe capture our affection, God still shows it. God still says, I am the truth. God still says, I am the word. God still says, I am the one. He still distinguishes himself, and yes, he does it even in the midst of the storms. And then in Luke 3, the voice from heaven that comes, that came. I love this. It's such a beautiful, meaningful moment of the father's affirmation for his son. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that day? The Father's affirmation, and although I know it was specific from the Father to the Son on that day, I do think God still communicates to us that we don't have to perform in order to have his affirmation. It's not a matter of what we do in terms of, you know, we, we, we know this. Many of you have preached this. Before Jesus started his ministry, the Father blessed him. The Father gave his affirmation. Before Jesus did his miracles, the Father blessed him. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded and, and I think Austin even mentioned it today, more than my doing, I need to re remember what it means to be in God more than do for God. And thousands of years later, the father's word to his son still encourages me today. You are my daughter, and I love you. With you, I'm well pleased. Kevin, if you want to come join us, we're going we're gonna to gather together at the Lord's table in a moment. And I, I, wanna, um, I wanna tie this in for just a, a minute here today. Um, Wendy, I was so grateful for your message last week. First of all, I was grateful you talked about Mexican food and I almost just, you know, I lifted my hands in worship when you brought that up. I knew we were friends. Uh, the other thing was when you talked about that time when you went to uh, the, uh, the church because you were just so hungry for the Lord's table. You're just something about being, being with, just engaging the presence of God at the Lord's table. And I loved how you talked about the abundance um, of that, the small wafer and sip of wine that filled you with the abundance of God. That was so good. That was so sweet. It was such a reminder of who God is, just even that little bit, because he's not limited. He's not limited by the small wafer. <laughs> and I would say that he's not limited by the small word, that even just even the tiniest of words of encouragement from the Lord can fill us with the abundance of God. The tiniest word of the Lord nudging you, whispering, saying, I got you, you're mine, can fill us with peace, can fill us with hope, can fill us and remind us of his generosity. And so today, as we, in, as we invite you to uh, the, <clears throat> the table today, I would like to encourage you prior to, uh, once you receive the elements, when you sit back at your seat, I would encourage you to take a few moments and just be still with God, reflect over the past day, God, I don't want to miss the blessings of the past days. Is there anything you want me to see? What were the, the blessings, the gifts, the graces that you brought to me today? It just, it could be, I mean, we have these big things that God has done for us, but it could be a, a little thing just that was just a little blessing. The other day I cracked my iPhone and I just thought, oh, I'm getting on the road tomorrow. I, tomorrow I start 
I'll be at two different places in the next seven days. Oh, man, I don't really have time to deal with a cracked phone, and I don't want to send it in and get on the road, blah, blah. And I just found this little place that did it in like, they promised four hours. They did it in an hour and a half. It's, it's in the big scheme, it's such a little thing, but I, I was reflecting this morning. I was like, God, thanks for that. I'm <laughs> just so grateful. I don't have to deal with that this week. I'll just take it as a gift, just a blessing for my day. So it could be something like, God, thank you for my health. <laughs> and it could be, God, thanks for taking care of that thing. And thanks for the blessing. Whatever it is, God will nudge you. God will show you. And it's a good moment as just before you partake of the elements to just be thankful. God, thanks. Thanks for having my back. Thanks that I am yours. In the same way, taking an account of our soul, God, is there any way I missed your love in the last 24 hours? Is there anything you want to show me before I, before I step forward and receive the blessing of, of the elements? I, I know that if I have someone over for dinner, I open the door, they walk in, immediately sit at the table and start eating the food, I've missed out on the fellowship. And God is inviting us not just to receive, but into fellowship. So let's be in fellowship with him. I'm going to pray, and then in a moment we'll invite you all to come. Lucas is going to come as well. And, and you can t form two lines, I think these two center lines, and you can receive the elements and take them back to your, your seats. Uh, again, I would encourage you just to consider those two things. God, is there a blessing that I can be thankful for? And is there anything you want to show me as I take the elements? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after, after we all receive together, or all receive on our own, but um, then we all, Lucas will come back and pronounce the benediction. But God, we are yours. God, I, I'm thankful. I'm so encouraged by that word. It says, um, fear not, I redeemed you. I've called you by name, you are mine. God, today, thanks for that encouragement. I know I need the encouragement today. God, thank you for the encouragement of your voice in our lives. Lord, thank you that you remind us that, um, God, you affirm us for who you've made us to be before we do a thing for you. We are beloved. God, I thank you that um, you've given us an ear to hear and a heart to respond. Lord, I pray that today during this time, whether it be later on within the day or uh, going about our, I'm sure, busy weeks, I pray that we would be able to just kind of take moments to sit, pay attention to you. God, I want you to have my ear because I want you to have my heart. And I thank you for that, Father. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus.